You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am glad you're here. I'm sure you've heard the buzz about all those new weight loss drugs. You know, the ones with the funny names. Well, the hype has just cranked up a notch as there's new word that one of them, Wagovi, not only helps patients lose weight and control blood sugar, but it may also help prevent heart attack and stroke. Cardiologists are eager to dig into all the data when the full study is released, but the early reports say obese patients age 45 and up without type 2 diabetes saw a 20% drop in cardiac events while taking this medication. That is a big deal, and it may change the way doctors think about these medications, also how insurance companies cover the cost. I'm reading a lot about patients with side effects from these drugs, so I turned to Dr. Jared Wegman of Indiana Direct Primary Care to see what he knows. Wegman is board certified in internal and family medicine, but he runs a different type of medical practice. He doesn't take insurance. His patients pay $99 a month for all the care they need and a focus on wellness and preventative medicine. Dr. Wegman says he's prescribing these drugs as a powerful tool to help a growing number of patients with pre-diabetes, full-blown diabetes, and metabolic syndrome. So it is increasing. Uh, we probably have around 10 patients, so it's not a ton. But again, you know, our business model and the way that Indiana Direct Primary Care works and Direct Primary Care in general is we just don't have, you know, a ton of uh, patients that are like a normal doctor's office would. Uh, we're still building the practice, so we're still on the smaller side. And, and, and my practice in general tends to uh, trend toward people who are healthier because we have the gym associated with it. So the people that I have are you know, really interested in nutrition and fitness to start with. And so they don't often necessarily need that medication, at least right off. Uh, that may be something we will add later for some of the members. But, you know, we've got a, a, a decent number on now and we're seeing you know, some trends with it. Oh, good. I'm, I'm eager to hear. So what type of results are these patients having? We keep hearing of 15, 20, a new medication coming soon from Eli Lilly claiming 26% weight loss is possible. What, what are your patients seeing? So it's within the range of percentage wise. And what I'll tell you is, is, you know, with any percent, you've got people that are above that and people that are below that. I have one patient who was on it for, you know, about four or five weeks and lost no weight. Um, had all the, you know, the decreased appetite, the nausea, the other things. And it seemed like, you know, the, the recipe was there to lose weight, but the scale just didn't show it. And it wasn't one of those weight loss situations where, oh, we're gaining muscle, but losing fat. It literally was, you know, uh, just a flat line. Uh, but then I've also got people that have lost 20 or 30 pounds, you know, that are above, you know, what we would consider, you know, the average to be. So, you know, that's where that average thing comes out. You know, you've got people that, that soar above it and people that just, it just doesn't work for. Yeah, and I think the same could be said about the side effects. You just mentioned some of them. I keep reading that side effects are very common in some patients, or I mean, very extreme in some patients and yet others, not at all. What are you seeing in the real world? 
I see most of it as being pretty tolerable, to be honest. You know, if you if you do it the way it's designed to do, I think a lot of the weight loss places out there are initially starting people on higher doses because that's where they're seeing the results for weight loss. But the problem with medications when you treat them that way and you don't you get that ramp up time of the lower doses to begin with is, you know, that side effect comes in hot and heavy. And when it comes in that way, it's just, it becomes not tolerable. And when you start off on these lower doses and gradually wean people up to it, they're gonna have, they're gonna notice something likely, but it's gonna be much, much more tolerable. And, you know, eventually, just like most medications, you know, most people kind of get over that side effect profile. So the, the, the titration, the ramp up period is over a period of weeks. And these medications are typically a weekly self-injection, correct? Right. So that's the advantage of these. There's some newer ones, um, you know, well, actually not newer. So there's some other, older ones that are a pill-based form and some newer ones that are coming out pill-based form that people are real excited about because then they're not doing an injection. But the problem with that is under the daily medicine. Um, but these injections, yeah, they're typically once weekly. And, you know, when we do that ramp up process, we start at a very low dose, typically for anywhere from two to up to four, maybe even six weeks, depending on how they do with it. And then gradually go up to a second dose and then finally to a third dose. Well, we're utilizing it for, at least when I utilize it for pre-diabetes and, and weight loss or diabetes and weight loss, you know, we can go up to the higher doses. I think there are some places out there that go up to the highest dose just specifically for weight loss. And I think that's, to me, that's an issue. I think then we run into problems with, you know, low blood sugars and, and, and more side effects for not a tremendous gain in weight loss. Uh, but again, there's a lot of people out there doing it. So where are you comfortable prescribing? What are the conditions that I'm going to need to have to report to you or you're going to have to see in my plant and my blood uh, that's going to make you comfortable recommending these drugs? Right. So a couple of different things with my practice. You know, I, I want to see people that, um, you know, have a true need for it from, you know, a um, underlying health standpoint. So not just for weight loss. I mean, yes, could, could weight loss in general be you know good for most people that are overweight? Yes, but I mean, doing it the, the correct way with diet and nutrition and, and exercise and things like that is what I really want them to see and do first. I, you know, putting them on a medication for something that they can, you know, spend some effort for themselves, I think is, is not the correct way to do it. So where I'm really seeing this is, you know, my pre-diabetic patients who are trying hard to, to get better. They've got some, maybe some underlying heart disease, they're overweight. Or, the, or just the truly diabetic patients that have, you know, heart disease or difficult to control diabetes, or, you know, they just want to do and try something a little bit different um, to get them, you know, over the hump to get their diabetes out of control. What I really, uh, I think is unfortunate is that, you know, we've got a lot of weight loss clinics out there that are just prescribing it for those people that want to lose 10 pounds to go to the beach. Um, and when we do that, you know, we don't know what the long-term side effects of these are for people who don't have these other health conditions. It's not really studying for that. We know there's weight loss associated with it, which, which is why it's been used. But, um, you know, those people that are, you know, want to lose 10 pounds to go to the beach, I just, I think that's a poor use of a pretty expensive medication. And because of that, we're seeing the people that truly need it and the people that would really benefit from it, not be able to get it or not be able to get it as easily. And you told me that there's been a, a shift for some of your patients in how insurance is applying the brakes. They're really pulling back on how they are approving these meds. Yeah, and I think in some respects, rightfully so. You know, uh, I've had initially when we first started prescribing these, you know, they would just, you know, pay for it. And there was no, 
no roadblocks at all. And now that we've seen this more used as a cosmetic medication for weight loss, um, we start to see roadblocks in these. And the problem is, is roadblocks are good in, in some respects to help control costs, but at the same time, they shouldn't be so restrictive that we're not being able to get them for the patients that truly need them. And that's what we're really seeing. We're seeing that pendulum swing completely the opposite way from where they were able to get it without any uh, information before. And now, even with information, we're still not able to get it for these for these members. And that's disappointing. And the information you're talking about there is blood levels that indicate you're either pre-diabetic or having some other challenges. Right. So pre-diabetes, um, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, heart disease, you know, all those things that, that go along with being able to lose weight and control blood sugars, you know, we are in the, in the business are supposed to be in the business of preventative care. So those are the people we really should be hitting hard with things like this, where studies show these medications make a difference. But what's happened is you've had some patients now rejected the insurance companies, even though I know you don't take insurance, the, the patients doing that outside your practice, but, but they're being rejected now. Correct. So they, what they do is they go through the prior authorization uh, process, which they do with a lot of medications. And again, that's that sort of initial roadblock. But the problem with that then becomes the questions are so restrictive at this point that, you know, those ones that are kind of in that um, early stages where we really can make that difference, you know, they no longer qualify. It's really just for the people in the later stages of these disease processes, which, it, of course, it helps for them. That's great, too. You know, we want to be able to modify their trajectory as well. But modifying the trajectory of the people who are early on in these process, that's where I think we're really going to see the benefit. And that's where it's disappointing that they no longer can get these medications, you know, through their insurance that they, that they pay for. It's widely reported the cost of these GLP-1-based drugs can be $900 to $1,700 a month without insurance. But of course, the internet has taken over. It is jammed with ads from pharmacies offering alternative versions for far less. Are these compounded versions of the patented medications an option worth considering? Dr. Wegman has patients using them, and we'll get his thoughts when we come back with more of the Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. There is loud debate underway over this new class of weight loss drugs so effective and popular, they are now officially listed in short supply. The FDA has warned against using versions compounded by independent pharmacies instead of big pharma. The Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding says, wait a minute, because these drugs are in shortage, its members are within the law to buy the active ingredient semaglutide and make their own. In the meantime, some insurance companies have tightened requirements and are now refusing to pay for these drugs unless you have full-blown diabetes. That is upsetting to Dr. Jared Wegman, founder of Indiana Direct Primary Care. He doesn't accept health insurance, but he does have some patients who do have private insurance, and they are now refused coverage of these expensive drugs, even though they have prediabetes and metabolic syndrome. So fortunately, we've got some other avenues that we can potentially look towards. Um, there are some compounding pharmacies out there that are combining things like semaglutide, which is uh, Wagovia or Ozempic, 
um, with other, you know, medications. So in, in the case of one of the ones that we use, they combine it with B12. And because they combine it with B12, it's considered a new drug, and so they're able to compound it. And they tend to do it for less. It doesn't come in the fancy pens and things like that that you'll see with the um, companies. It comes in a vial, uh, but they can get it directly shipped to their home. It's less expensive. It's not cheap, uh, but at least it's it's doable for some people. Uh, you know, a good portion of my membership is people that don't have or don't qualify or can't afford insurance. And so, you know, this particular medication, you know, if we can get them on and get them to, you know, to reduce those numbers, again, our goal isn't that they're on this medication forever, especially in that pre-diabetes you know, area. Our goal is to get them to lose weight, get a healthier lifestyle, get those blood sugars down to a point where we can manage them in other ways. So this uh, compounded version, uh, you said it doesn't have the, the, the typical pen injector. So am I drawing with the syringe and in doing an intramuscular injection or how, how am I administering that to myself? Right, so we train the people that uh, through our clinic how to you know, do the injections themselves. So we will have them come in the office and we'll kind of draw it up in the office. We'll do their first initial injections here and then we'll continue to do that weekly until they feel comfortable doing it at home. It's, it's honestly, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. You know, a lot of them are, are diabetic anyway. They've been doing injections for a while. Um, so it's not a truly new concept for them. Our pre-diabetic people, again, you know, pretty smart people with a little bit of education. It's real easy to do. And what about the side effects? Are they any different with the compounded version as opposed to the pharmaceutical version? We're not really seeing that, or at least I'm not. Um, and I haven't really heard anything from other places that are using the same compounding pharmacy. A lot of times they come out with something pretty innocuous. So you're talking about B12, which is a, a vitamin that a lot of people you know, get injections of monthly anyway. It, uh, if anything, it adds a little bit to um, you know, their overall health. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about these side effects generally, though. You know, you, you go and, and you read some stories online, and my gosh, it's terrifying. People are having projectile vomiting and diarrhea that will not quit, the stomach cramps so severe that they, they have to step away from these medications. Is there any way to tell if you're going to be one of those people or if you're going to have an easy ride? It's really hard to know. Uh, most of my patients have tolerated pretty well. I've heard those stories as well, but we really need to look back at how that medication uh, works. Uh, the, the whole goal of that, those particular medications is that they slow down the emptying of our stomach. And when you slow down the empty of your stomach, you oftentimes feel full faster, which means you eat less. And then they also you know, slow down the emptying of the stomach to the point where it slows down things to the bowel process in general. When the stomach's full or longer, people can feel nauseous especially if they overeat because that, that food is sitting in there longer, it's stretching their stomach longer, and that stretch to the stomach is what's causing those sensations of illness. But, uh, you know, the ones that are definitely going to have it are the ones that overeat despite that sort of feedback mechanism. And, and we've all been there. We've all had a dinner where you've gone out and you've just eaten too much and you knew you ate too much, but you were just going to finish it because that's the way it was. Uh, but you go home and you're miserable afterward. And, 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 but that's what these people are feeling on a fairly regular basis with, you know, with relatively normal amounts of food. They're, they have to learn to eat less. Yeah, and I guess that behavioral modification is one of the main challenges in weight loss anyway, right? So this kind of becomes a biological reinforcement for listening to what your body is telling you. What, what is the fear of uh, gastric paralysis? Now, I've, I've read a couple of complaints. A couple of people are actually filing lawsuits claiming that these medications has paralyzed their digestive tract. Is there, what's the, the science behind that? 
So this is hard to understand for sure. I mean, the whole goal of the drug is to slow that down. So the, the true paralysis or, you know, the stopping of that, that's a process that happens with late term, you know, uncontrolled diabetes anyway. So one of the complications of diabetes is something called gastroparesis, where the stomach doesn't empty very well to a point where it doesn't hardly empty at all. And those people have chronic nausea, chronic vomiting, chronic issues with then having nutrition because even though they may still be overweight, they're still not getting the nutrients in like they over, overall should and their medicines as well. So, you know, your medicines are absorbed in your GI tract and if you're slowing that down and vomiting things up, obviously you're not absorbing the medicines like you should either. So that becomes a huge issue. I don't think we know for sure, you know, what it looks like for somebody who's on Ozempic for 10 years. You know, we don't have the data for that. What we do know is that the people that were on it short term, they seem to sustain the effects of weight loss. And I think that could be attributed mostly to the change in behavior. Because again, if they're eating less and they're changing that behavior and they do it for long enough, it becomes more part of their routine and part of their life. The question though, and the concern that people have is, you know, once that drug's taken away, is, it, is there still something acting on the GI tract long-term that we don't fully understand yet? And I have read just actually some complaints of the opposite, that uh, when they've gone off Wagovi, they uh, rebound and actually go back and gain more weight uh, than they originally uh, carried. Uh, so you're not seeing any of that happen in your practice? Not as of yet. So, uh, but I will tell you, you know, the history of weight loss medications, I mean, that tends to happen. Um, right. We'll see patients that, you know, that are on the stimulants or, you know, some of the appetite suppressants, and they don't change their behavior and they don't change their lifestyle. And so, you know, off the medicine, they go directly back to the behavior that got them to where they were before. You know, these medications force people to change. And if they don't continue that process beyond the medication, if they don't change their behavior, you know, odds are they're probably gonna lose or gain weight again. What do you see coming down the road? What do you think is gonna be the next shoe to drop in all of this? The insurance companies are tightening things. I'm hearing that the, um uh, compounding pharmacies are receiving warning letters about preparing this medication. What could be coming at us next? I think that's exactly what you're going to see is we're going to see more of uh, the crackdown on some of these compounding pharmacies. And so there's going to be less options to get it out uh, outside of the traditional methods. Uh, as you know, with most drugs, there's a certain period of time where they have or they can't make generics. And so what we'll end up seeing is years go by before you know, it's affordable for other people uh, for whatever reason, uh, whether that just be for weight loss or whether that be for, you know, these pre-diabetic conditions and things. It'll balance out somewhere. I don't know where that's going to be at this point, but, you know, we'll also see other new drugs. Weight loss is, is a huge industry. And so now that we've got, you know, this side effect of a diabetes drug, you know, they'll be, they'll be searching that pathway just specifically for weight loss options as well. So I think we'll see over time that there's gonna be more and more things come out um, that are purely uh, focused on weight loss because it is a huge industry. Again, that is Dr. Jared Wegman, founder of Indiana Direct Primary Care. They're based right here in Fort Wayne. You'll find his office in the village at Coventry on the city's southwest side. And in full disclosure, I am a patient, happily paying my $99 a month to enjoy a different level of medical attention, also access to their very well-equipped gym. You'll find them online at indianadirectprimarycare.com. With 52% of America now qualifying as having obesity, you know, I have to agree with Dr. Wegman that we're just on the edge of the ocean when it comes to effective medical management of this terrible condition. 
Big changes are ahead, and we'll keep close watch on all of the progress and the controversy that follows. All right, we're back with the second half of the Health Call Radio Hour in just a moment. Podcasts by Federated Media. 